This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and I'm joined with Kyle Jones who is the co-founder of iCryo, i.e. cryotherapy. So we're talking all things cryotherapy, benefits, uses, that sort of thing. So Kyle, thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's good to be here, Michael. I always enjoy sharing the uh, the experiences we've had and the life journey and, and mission of uh, true health and wellness. And so it's good to be on the show. So talk to us a bit about how you actually got started. I know we talked briefly before we started, but how did iCryo come to be? Where did your passion come from? Yeah, so it started out, you know, over 10 years ago. I've, I've always been actually... <laughs> If we start from the very beginning, uh, you know, I've, I've been a multi-sport athlete since the age of four. Uh, my dad put me in every sport known to man, I think. I was I was a very busy kid at a young age. And uh, so athletics, performance, you know, just making sure that my body was always in tune and healthy to to be active for that sport and to be the best athlete on the field. Um, you know, it, it people think, uh, you know, to be the best athlete, it's, it's all about the sport you play. And it's it's really about the, the things you're doing off of the quote unquote court. Um, that that makes you the best athlete. So, you know, your workouts, your recovery time, what you're digesting with nutrition and food and all that good stuff. And so I just became very passionate about, you know, just general health and wellness my entire childhood and in my early teenage years, um, which led me into pursuing an exercise science and kinesiology degree. Um, I went off to to double major in business management as well, because I knew uh, I wanted to be a business owner one day and, and, and own my own health and wellness based concept at some point. I didn't know what it was going to be, but my passion for health and wellness and my knowledge from from business. And um, I get that from my father. Uh, my father's been an entrepreneur in business for about 35 years. And uh, so naturally, I just kind of followed his footsteps in that way. And, um, you know, through college, uh, it was really open ended on, you know, health and wellness is such a massive environment. It's there's so many different things that you can do and so many interesting things that you can do in the, in that, uh, in that world. And, uh, so I, I was kind of searching for what my calling was and I'll never forget. I was uh, about midway through my undergrad and I was reading an, an article and it talked about uh, the five most rewarding career fields at that time. And, you know, this is back in you know 2011, 2012 timeframe. And, uh, one of the, uh, one of the top five jobs at that time, career fields was physical therapy. And it, it spoke about, it was a very short article, it wasn't, wasn't lengthy, but it spoke about how uh, impactful a physical therapist was from a physical rehab and a mental rehab perspective. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't understand, but the physical rehab portion of what you're doing, whether it's a total knee replacement or a shoulder inju- injury, a lot of it has to do ment- with, the, with the mental capacity, right? The, the mental rehabilitation process and the mental focus and positive energy impacts that, that physical recovery. And so I, I dove right in from there. I became very passionate about helping people. I love the way that the body functions uh, inside and out. And, you know, if you do the right things to it, it will perform the way that it's intended to. Um, so that led me into uh, working part time at a, at a physical therapy clinic here in Houston, Texas, which is where I'm from. Uh, I had to get clinical hours to complete my degree. And uh, so I was working at an outpatient center. Um, I had a, uh, we called him a frequent flyer. He was a guy that was always injured and, uh, was working on one of, one of our patients. And, uh, he started talking to me about cryotherapy and I had no idea what it was. Uh, first thing that registered him in my mind was like an ice bath or an ice pack or something of the sort. And, uh, it was something completely different. He pulled up a picture on his phone and 
he showed me a, a you know a place somewhere here in the states and and there were very 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 few um establishments in the united states that even had a cryo chamber back in 2011 2012 um i think the first chamber hit the states in uh, 2009 um so it was very new to us and it just kind of caught my passion it caught my my belief system it caught my attention it caught um you know everything about me just wanted to learn more about what cryotherapy was and uh, long story short, we actually uh, teamed up with uh, with an investor. We bought two chambers for that uh, for that PT clinic. Um, we started to run uh, sessions uh, on patients, you know, pro- post surgical, um, you know, elderly people that were injured or had rheumatoid arthritis, um, you know, athletes that were looking to perform better in in high school or college. Um, you know, we we were administering it on on a ton of a ton of patients. Fast forward, uh, we saw it kind of catching on. We, we started to see um, more benefits than just pain in, in muscle recovery. We started to see people reporting better sleep, better energy, better mood, um, you know, just, just all sorts of things that weren't really physically related as far as like a muscle, a joint or a bone, um, but more of like something that was happening internally, which is what really caught my attention. Um, so we opened it up to the to the public. We started doing memberships and packages, and um, before you knew it, we we started a real fl- a full fledged business model. Um, and I managed that operation for about three years, from 2012 to 2015, and then I branched off and I started the uh, the first iCryo location, opened up in October of 2015, and uh, ever since then, it's just been a it's been a joy ride of of biohacking and you know figuring out what are what are some of the cool uh, pieces of equipment and modalities out there that help people and so we've dabbled into compression and infrared saunas and red light and in all these things that you're now seeing in the in the space of of recovering wellness um, but uh, yeah my my passion started at a very early age. It sounds like there's a whole world out there. When you talk about biohacking, when you talk about cryotherapy, it sounds a little bit strange i guess for people that have no idea what it is when you think about these things your head doesn't really know how to connect the dots so i wonder kyle what your thoughts are on how do you actually explain to people what the benefits are is it something as simple as okay well you're just helping the body heal itself and help itself and all you're doing is contributing to that or is it a bit more going on yeah, so there, there's a lot going on in the session of cryotherapy, and, and that's what really attracted me the most. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand during cryotherapy what truly happens when you get to those sub-zero temperatures, and, and the body reacts in, in really one of two ways, and, and I think that's the part that really struck me um, and, and piqued my interest. You know, we talk about the central nervous system. We talk about um, how the body reacts to different temperatures or um, you know, different things in the air or different things we come in contact with. And um, if you look at cryotherapy and the intention of it, uh, you know, back in 1978, a Japanese scientists created the first cryo chamber to treat rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia. So his goal was he knew that inflammation couldn't be cured, but only kind of controlled or treated. And if we can reduce the inflammation markers, then I would tell you that majority of your daily physical and mental issues really kind of dissipate and, and, and minimize. 
Um, now, they'll, they'll never completely go away because we always harness some level of, of inflammation. But um, when you can reduce the inflammation in the body, you think more clearly, you, you sleep better, um, you have better energy, you have more uh, constant sustainability through the day with your body, your recovery times faster uh, physically and mentally. Um, you can naturally perform better due to, you know, better circulation in the body and the extremities. And so um, it, it really was a scientific approach to, you know, making the human body function and feel better. And, uh, you know, as as that modality kind of made its way through the through the countries and through Europe and, and over here to the United States, um, it really transformed um, as it went into the European countries. It was looked at as a, a medical modality. You had a lot of physicians, including it into pain protocols and treatment plans. Um, there are even some countries in the world that offer a, a bachelor's degree, um, you know, degrees in cryotherapy. So that way it is it is administered in that medical way. Um, you know, when it, when it made its way here to the States, um, it really tr it transcribed the athletic industry. So Olympic athletes, professional football players, baseball players, basketball players, um, track athletes started to use it to, to speed up their recovery time. And so you look at the wide array of benefits and the first question you ask is, how is this possible? What is it doing in the body? So I love your question, Michael, because that's the one thing that attracted me. And so it's it's very simple, but a little complex. Um, I usually break it down in a simple, uh, simple term of it's doing one or two things in the body. So it is going to be targeting uh, the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is in the, on the back of the neck. Um, it, it, well, it's in the neck, just on the backside. Um, it is the largest central communication tool from the brain to the rest of the body. Um, if you actually look up what is the number one stimulation of the vagus nerve, it's cold stimulation. Um, it stimulates that uh, that nerve the the most, um, the most effective. And so your body is going to react in one or two ways. It's either going to trigger the parasympathetic nervous system or the sympathetic nervous system. Um, on the parasympathetic side, that's that's usually what happens when you go to bed at night. It, they call it rest and digest. So as you fall asleep at night, your parasympathetic uh, nervous system kicks on. Serotonin and melatonin are released. Um, you start to feel relaxed. You start to kind of go into that sleep mode. And then obviously at some point in time into REM sleep. So um, it's what happens when your body calms down. Now, some people get the opposite effect. The sympathetic nervous system is triggered. So that happens when you wake up in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, endorphins start to release. Um, many, many things of the energy component uh, start to act in your body. And so um, they call that the flight or fight response. Um, you know, kind of uh, it, it's it's awaking your body. Your body is saying, hey, I'm awake. Let's start to get going for the day. And so um, really, those are the two biggest uh, responses you'll get from cryotherapy. And and so I've always told people I, I get I get two major questions every time if, if somebody asks me about cryotherapy. The first question is, am I a candidate for cryo? And I always jokingly respond and say, are you a living, breathing human being? <laughs> and I say that because every person in the world, every human being in the world, it doesn't matter, you know, age, sex, religion, ethnicity, uh, height, weight, fat, muscle, everybody has a, some level of inflammation. So, yes, my, my response is, yes, you are a candidate. Everybody is. Number two, the second question I get is, you know, how am I going to feel when I get out of that, when I get out of my first session? And I usually tell people it's different for everybody. Um, some people, it, it enacts that rest and digest, the parasympathetic. And so you'll kind of feel more relaxed and more calm. 
Um, some people have a euphoric feeling from it. Um, it can release a large amount of serotonin and melatonin in the body. So it could put you away. It, it could put you to sleep. Um, and to be honest, that's what cryotherapy does for me. I'm such a very high strung wired individual during the day. Uh, energy, uh, lack of energy is, is not something that I deal with. And so um, it kind of forces my body to shut down and relax and, and, you know, take a breather and, and, and recover. Um, and then some people, it, it enacts that sympathetic nervous system and it's more of an energy component. So it's something they would do to start their day. And so I always explain to people, do a couple of cryo sessions, see how you feel. Um, you know, if, if you feel like you're getting more of the, uh, you know, endorphin energy side of things, maybe it's something you do at the beginning or the middle of your day. Uh, the last thing we want somebody doing is cryotherapy at 10 o'clock at night and they're they're awake like crazy. <laughs> um, or they find out, you know, it's something that they may be doing towards the end of their day after work and after the gym. And, you know, it's something that's going to calm them down and, and kind of put them at peace. And so it's it's been very interesting to kind of watch how people respond to it, because after you explain that to them and they do a few sessions, they realize, oh, yeah, like I am gaining a ton of energy from this or, you know, oh, yeah, I am feeling very relaxed and very mellow and and I kind of want to take a nap right now so um, those are just some really brief kind of explanations of what you could experience in a crowd therapy session that can sound a little confusing to some though in that it's different for everybody it must be hard for someone that's new to wrap their head around how they are likely to respond it's almost like in some ways it'll encourage someone because it'd be interested to see how they respond how do they respond what happens when they trigger this system in the body and then some might actually shy away from it because they don't really want to know and if it doesn't go well what happens then yeah so it i've, I've never experienced a cryotherapy session where it didn't go well um i think a couple of the i'll call it the historical faults um within cryotherapy so uh, prior to about 2015, 2015, um, almost every cryotherapy chamber was powered by liquid nitrogen. Um, you know, liquid nitrogen is a very, very, very cold substance. It boils at about negative 319 degrees. Um, so it's extremely cold. Um, that's, what, that's what used to power the cryotherapy chambers from day one back in 1978. That's what he used um, to power the first chamber. Um, now, as the, the systems and the technology and the information started to become more relevant, um, you had a lot of countries overseas in Poland and Germany um, are probably two of the biggest countries where manufacturers reside and have their manufacturing plants. Um, they started to dabble in, you know, different versions of Freon that can super cool the chamber down to ultra low temperatures. And when we talk about ultra low temperatures, it truly is a category in itself where, you know, it's down to minus minus 80, 96. Celsius, which is, um, you know, sometimes it can get down to about negative 120, 130 Celsius. Uh, it can get pretty cold in the chambers. But the manufacturers figured out a way to, to do it based off of electricity and not nitrogen. Um, now, I, I explain those differences because liquid nitrogen, if it comes in contact with a human being, it can actually cause a burn. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not deathly. Um, it's, it's really minimal. Uh, if, if, if liquid nitrogen were to come in contact with you, you'd get, you'd get uh, what they call a chill bland. It's kind of like a freezer burn. Um, it's something that goes away. It's, it's kind of the opposite of a sunburn in, in a way. Uh, you're getting it from the cold instead of the heat. Um, but uh, something that's treatable. It's not catastrophic. Um, and it's definitely not uh, a chemical to, to play with. So liquid nitrogen, when it, when it uh, converts into a gas, 
Now, if you breathe that in, you could pass out, right? If you breathe in too much of that, you you could uh, not survive. And there have been a couple cases, um, you know, around the world where people uh, from a user error perspective weren't using liquid nitrogen appropriately, um, weren't utilizing the treatment safely and appropriately either. And so there have been some burn cases that have surfaced across the world, um, which is why I think everybody in the industry mainly is going to electric-based units. It's a ton safer. You don't have to deal with liquid nitrogen. You don't have to deal with potential burn cases. You don't have to deal with um, you know, the uh, potential of somebody breathing in the liquid nitrogen as it comes out the unit and potentially passing out. And so the industry has gotten really, really safe. Um, the the biggest, I would say, um, negative outcome of a cryotherapy session, uh, you know, historically has been just that. You know, somebody got burnt by a chamber, um, you know, liquid nitrogen came in contact with their skin. And obviously that's, that's not a fun experience. Um, now that everything is powered by electricity, the only thing that people don't like is it's too cold, <laughs> right? So uh, I think they, they published a study uh, a few years ago, I think it was a Harvard study, and they said about 2% of the world population actually enjoys the cold. So, uh, you know, when, when I hear the uh, case of, man, I don't know if I can do cryotherapy, I don't like the cold. Uh, I say, yeah, the rest of the world doesn't like it either. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> wow. you know, at, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's I, I kind of correlate it to the other stuff that you don't want to do in life, but it's healthy for you. Like, you know, running a mile or doing some cardio or, or exercising. Right. A lot of people don't like to do that. But at the end of the day, we know it's it's healthy for us. It's good for us to have exercise and um, so cryotherapy is very similar. It's it's cold. Um, I'm, I'm from Houston, Texas, where, you know, 10 months out of the year, it's 100 degrees and. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely not a cold fan, but I know that a three minute cryotherapy session, which is which is nothing right. We can do anything for three minutes, a three minute crowd cryotherapy session to feel cold um, to to get the maximum benefits that comes from it. Um, that that a, the, the pros outweigh the cons all day long. So, um, like I said, you know, historically, the negative outcome could have been, you know, a potential burn case. Now, we really don't deal with that since we're dealing with electric based units. And so I would say the only negative outcome is, oh, man, it was it was too cold, <laughs> which which makes me chuckle. That is kind of the the angle I was going to take with my next question is pros and cons. But I, I would imagine there may be something of a length of time versus how cold that you go. Is there a bit of a spectrum on this in terms of outlining the benefits is in if you do 90 minus 90 that is is it different compared to minus 120 or minus 150 and does that then equate to a time benefit and that you've got to be in for so long before these benefits start to show yeah that is a great question michael um so i always tell people it's 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 all about skin sensitivity um it's all about the skin drop and so with cryotherapy, it's it's using ambient cold air to cool down the chamber. So it's not a it's not a liquid cold. It's not ice. It's not a penetrating bone chilling cold. Um, it truly is. It hits your skin and reflects off, so that it doesn't actually penetrate uh, past the first layer of the skin. Uh, so the internal body temperature is not cooling, just the skin itself. So it's almost a uh, your body is tricking itself into being in that cold state, but the internal part of your body truly isn't getting cold. Um, so I've always told people it's it's all about skin temperature. 
Um, in iCryo, we check skin temperature on a guest before and after their first treatment to see what a drop would look like. Um, some of the research is showing that between a 30 and a 50 skin temperature drop uh, after a session is kind of where the safe spot is. Um, normal skin temp for a human being is about 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, some can be 82, 85. Some can be a little warmer, about 93, 94. Um, but about an average skin temperature for anybody is about 90 degrees. Um, that being said, if I walked into the chamber at 90 degrees skin temperature, I'd want to walk out of the chamber with at least a 30 to 50 degree drop. Um, and that kind of shows us we are reaching that peak point of getting true benefits within cryotherapy. We're activating that vagus nerve. We're getting that parasympathetic or sympathetic response in the body to do what it needs to do. Now, if you're under 30 degrees, is it is it something that is you're not gaining the benefits? Absolutely not. Um, you're still getting great benefits from cryotherapy. You're just not maximizing that, uh, that cold stimulation as much as you could. Now, if you go even greater than 50 degrees, if you were to walk out of the chamber and had a 60 degree skin temperature drop, that's where we get a little anxious. We'd either want to go less on time. We'd want to drop the temperature uh, a little bit as far as, you know, making it a little bit hotter. <laughs> I guess you could call it hotter, but you're just less cold. Um, so that that's where we really judge. It's a it's a case by case basis. We measure everybody's skin temperature and ensure that they are doing a safe treatment. Um, there are multiple levels of cold in the chamber. Um, there are tons of manufacturers out there, but, uh, you know, across the board, each manufacturer is going to have about three or four level settings of cold. Um, obviously, level one is going to be the, we'll call it the hottest session. Uh, level two gets a little colder. Level three gets a little colder from that. Um, and then some manufacturers do have a level four uh, so there are certain levels of cold that the, the chamber can get down to. Now, you can also adjust the time in your treatment. So you can do a treatment for a minute and a half. You can do a treatment for two and a half minutes. Um, the gold standard uh, is usually between two and three minutes for a cryotherapy session. So uh, we have had some guests come in that have a little bit thicker skin and it's it's tougher to get that skin temperature down. And so uh, we've had to extend treatments time to, you know, three and a half minutes, maybe even closer to four minutes. Um, it really just depends on the skin sensitivity of that guest that's actually doing the treatment. So every every single session, um, well, every single guest is is a little bit different that way. So um, I, I kind of call it personalized cryotherapy in that way. So is there a chance of being able to go in and analyzing that side of things? Like I know it, it is different from person to person, but is there some kind of way that you can say, right, if you're let's say you get goosebumps easily which some people do is that a sign of like okay this is more likely to cause issues if you go this far because you are a bit sensitive to the cold uh, i wouldn't say on a, on a goosebump side of things but you know some people do know if they have frail skin or not um so you we can always ask the question you know your your skin sensitivity rating do you have really tough skin do you have really frail skin um, you know, kind of talk them through that process. Um, I will always uh, tell people that it doesn't matter how you know tough you are, how much of a man you are, wh whatever that is, we always start off the first treatment on level one. Um, so I, I would never jump somebody up to a level three or level four. We always start the first treatment on level one. Um, there's constant communication from the guest and the technician that's actually administering the treatment. So there's somebody there the entire time talking you through that session. Um, you do get to, to have music inside there as well. So it's an experience. We've got uh, speakers inside of the chambers. So you can 
select your favorite song. And a lot of people love to sit in there and meditate. Some people like to, to go in there with, you know, their spouse or a friend. Um, most of these chambers that are designed now are multi-person chambers. So you can walk in, you know, two, three at a time and uh, kind of, you know, hang out and, and listen to some music. It's it's kind of weird to say that cryotherapy is a uh, an experience you can have with other people, but it's really gone that way. It's gone towards a route of, you know, not just helping people from the inside and out, um, but it's become an experience that they're enjoying with other people. And so, um, you know, for us, it's always about safety first. Um, we want the the guests to have a very safe experience. And so to do that, um, we always start people off on a level one setting and then we kind of tailor it from there. Now, you don't have to name names, Kyle, but you ever have a guy come in that's trying to be manly and then you think, let's get in there and see. And, see <laughs> and then all of a sudden they start, no, turn it down. Yeah, so it's it's funny. We've we'll joke around sometimes. Uh, you know, we we'll we'll tell uh, some. We we do have some bodybuilders that come in, and you know, they're they're big macho. They can stand the cold, right? And it's funny because they're usually the ones that went about the fastest. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll have them we'll have them in there and say, oh yeah, we're gonna put you on a level three, and they think they're on level three, and they're really on level one. We we always start them on level one, and so um, you know, it's a it's a strict rule for us that you know, like I said, safety first. Um, we want we want the guests to have a good experience um, and, and we want it to be a safe treatment. So um, it is it is funny sometimes, you know, people uh, people try to push the limits a little bit. And I always tell people it's not a contest. You know, it's not about who makes it the coldest or who makes it the longest. Um, it's all about your own personal recovery journey. Now, what I find quite fascinating is I have done a little bit of research into it. And when I say a little, I mean, just enough to hold a conversation with someone like you. And it's making me think, OK, what about how the body actually reacts. There is some science behind it. I'm going to leave the floor to you a little bit, but sometimes it's not necessarily about the treatment. It's about the response to the treatment and then some kind of build up or training happens over time. If you have multiple sessions, that sort of thing. So talk to us a bit about the science of it. Cause I mean, some buzzwords like cold shock proteins keep coming up and I'd rather have someone like you talk us through it. Yeah, definitely. So I, I always remind people ab about the word, you know, cryotherapy. It is a therapy. It is something that is not a one and done. It is something that needs to be done, you know, consecutively over a period of time to experience, you know, ongoing uh, and consistent and max maximum benefits. And so, you know, I always I always explain to people um, it, it's it's almost like eating food, right? It's, it's the it's the nourishment and the power of the body. It's not like you eat one meal and then you're done for life, right? You got to continue eating food to opt to, to optimize your health. And so very similar to any other therapy to reap the rewards and, and the benefits of that therapy. It has to be done consecutively, um, you know, whether it's once a week, once a month. Um, every single day, if you'd like to, if you're if you're scheduled, to, you know, uh, accounts for it. Um, but it is something that needs to be done on a regular basis. And so um, that's why in iCryo, we do offer, uh, you know, packages. We offer three tiers of, of memberships, which we call our monthly passes. Um, so it, it, it allows people to come on a more reoccurring basis um, and it makes it more affordable for them. And so for us, on average, we usually see about a guest on, on average about two or three times a week. Um, we do have a lot of people that it, it is an everyday experience for them. It is something that they either start their day with, they end their day with. Um, they'll come midday during their lunch break from work, before and after an exercise. I mean, whenever they can fit it in their day, we have a lot of people that do use this on a seven day a week basis. Um, and we are open seven days a week. 
Um, you know, so it, it is something we know people need to utilize. Um, and then sometimes, you know, pe- people uh, realize that they're very healthy. They don't need a, a ton of, you know, rehab or therapy in their life. Um, and so it's something they do from like a maintenance perspective. They'll do it once or twice a week, maybe once or twice every other week. Um, you know, they're, they're not injured. They're not experiencing a large amount of inflammation. They don't have headaches and migraines. They don't have pains. And so, you know, from a scientific perspective, I always tell people to listen to your body. Your body is talking to you every single moment of the day. It is telling you what you should be looking at, you know, whether it's a, a, a knee calling your name or a hip calling your name or a stomach, you know, the, the gut, the gut in your stomach is saying, hey, there's something wrong down here. Um, listen to your body. Your body's going to tell you what things you should be focusing on. Um, but more importantly, I always tell people, use these therapies so your body doesn't have to talk to you. Use it in a preventative way. Use it before your body has to say anything. So there's always two sides to to that pendulum that I look at is, you know, you can either have the reactive mindset of saying, hey, you know, my my knees kind of acting up on me. Uh, It's getting a little sore. Uh, I need to go do some some rehab treatments like cryotherapy. Or you can take the measure of, you know what, I don't want to have the knee problem. I don't want to have a ton of inflammation. I don't want to have the potential of, you know, breaking something, spraining something, uh, whatever it may be. And so I'm going to do these treatments to prevent that or, you know, try to limit the ability for that to happen. Now, that's not to say you're going to go do a cryotherapy treatment and, and you can't break a bone or roll an ankle. You, you, you most certainly can, but you reduce the the effects of what that could be. And so, uh, you know, from a scientific side of things, I always try to, to dummy it down and minimize it and tell people, look, this can be done. It should be done on a regular basis, whether that is every day, a couple of days a week or a couple of days a month, you know, incorporate it in your life in some consecutive fashion. And number two, always think about it from a preventative or reactive perspective. You know, if, if, if you are a reactive person, I would encourage you to change your thoughts and be a little bit more proactive. Um, start to utilize some of these recovery and wellness, these biohacking services before an issue arises, right? Um, now, I think, you know, uh, just recently, the first wave of COVID really transformed everybody's mindset around, you know, healthcare and, you know, what, what proactive thinking really was about. And now people are paying attention more than ever on how do they boost their immune system? How can they, they uh, you know, better their circulation? How can they reduce risks of, you know, uh, contracting some type of a sickness or an injury or, um, you know, whatever it may be. And so it's been interesting to watch since 2020 how the world's uh, overall mindset has changed around being more proactive about their health than ever before. That's one of the things that... I was actually quite curious about is this idea of prevention and I like the point that you made about reactive thinking versus proactive thinking because very often it's it's something that I get the impression that it's a bit like stretching as in if you're tight then you can stretch or if you stretch all the time you may never get as tight as if you'd waited and there is there is that sense of does it actually prevent things or are we just confused about the whole thing and maybe you're better off just waiting i imagine that's a debate for another day kyle but with this world of saunas ice baths cryotherapy vibration training this whole array of different things that are causing this stimulus in the body that's helping it heal itself there must be like a, almost like a short list of like okay 
for the average person, these are some of the things that you may experience, whether you have an injury or not. Then if you have an injury, what then happens then? And then you've got athletes that do it as a preventative, but also I imagine because they're also exercising every day, it's not really a prevention because they're simply doing so much that they need all the help they can get. Is there a sense of, okay, if you're an average person, these are the things that you are likely to experience. And then as your activity level goes up, if we then use cryotherapy with a highly active lifestyle, do the benefits change? What's the experience like for the person? Yeah, definitely. So I, I love the mindset. I love where you're headed there because, you know, it's almost like the most people are very sedentary in life. You know, a lot of people are are very, I'll call it comfortable. And so, you know, that that can spiral down a hill of really a negative approach to just your health in general. So, um, you know, as you get older, you know, you, you may start a family, have kids. Um, you're, you're obviously paying more attention to your kids' health than your health. Um, you know, you've got a job, maybe you've got two jobs. Um, you know, we're going a million miles an hour. And before you know it, you know, you're, you're 40, 50, 60 years old and you haven't worked out in 10 years. Um, you're eating terribly. You may be overweight or obese. You've got, you know, maybe you're on a medication or two, um, you know, over the years that you didn't realize have just kind of it's, it's been a snowball effect. And so I've always told people the opposite is true, too. As soon as you start to dabble into one healthcare modality, like, you know, simple as walking the block or walking the dog, getting some exercise, um, you know, maybe you started uh, going ordering food through a meal prep company. So you started to eat a little bit cleaner, or maybe you stepped into a wellness facility and you did a cryotherapy session or an infrared sauna session. Um, it naturally, you'll start to spiral that way. You'll start to get great. You'll gravitate your mindset towards um, you know, feeling better and, and your body aches for that, you know, and you ache for that. Um, it, it's something that can be contagious. So I've always told people positivity and negativity are both very contagious. As soon as you go down a negative route, it can spiral in that way, you know, very, very fast. But as soon as you start to go in a positive route, um, you know, dabbling in something that's very, very minimal, like you've been stretching earlier, um, as soon as somebody starts doing some stretching exercises, Maybe that leads them into feeling better and they start sleeping better. They start, um, you know, uh, thinking more clearly. They start becoming better at their job and their careers because they're performing better. One little thing, one small thing can lead to a second thing, a positivity, can lead to a third thing, can lead to a fourth thing. And before you know it, you're going to the gym, you're eating better, you're drinking, uh, you know, better fluids. You're, uh, you know, you're having better conversations with people because you're more in tune, you're more energetic, you're more bubbly, you're positive, you're smiling. Um, now you're going to the gym two days a week, you're doing, you know, maybe cryotherapy and infrared sauna. It's just a snowball effect. And so I've always told people, you know, pause in where you're at in your life today, take a step back, relax, sit down and think, how was my life 10 years ago? How was my life a year ago? And where do I want to be in a year? Where do I want to be in 10 years? Reflect on who you have been in the in the past and think about how that has snowballed over time. And so as I sit here today talking to you, Michael, I'm 34 years old and I reflect. I look back at when I was 24. I look back at when I was 14 and I think about, you know what, what are the things that have got me to where I am today? What are the small little stair steps that I probably forgot about? And that just kind of snowballed over time to get me to where I am today. And it truly has been, you know, the, the, my dad putting me in sports at four years old, that got me in the groove of, you know, working out, being in the weight room, being around coaches and mentors and, 
you know, drinking tons of water and understanding physical therapy and understanding rehab and being in ice baths. And it was one thing led to another over my entire lifespan. And, you know, some of that can be negative. Some people can start at an early age in, in kind of a negative environment and it just spirals out of control in that way. And before you know it, you're, you know, 450 pounds, you're, you've got, you know, hypertension, you've got issues and um, you're on several medications, but you can always reverse that. I always tell people, if you look back and you see that your life has gone downhill, there's no reason, there's no reason that you can't turn that around. There's no reason that you can't make a, um, a mental pact with yourself to say, I don't want the rest of my life to be this way. And I'm going to start doing things better. And when, when you say that people think it has to be a massive change. People think, Oh, it, that means day one. Now I have to start off going to the gym seven times a week. I've got to do all this, you know, all these recovery services. I got to do all these chicken and broccoli meals. It's not that way at all. It's, it's small stair steps in the right direction. That'll get you to where you need to go. So I've always been very critical around, you know, the small things lead up to the one big thing that you're, you're trying to accomplish. And so looking at it from that perspective really helps people analyze, you know, how they've gotten to where they are and where they can get to where they want to go. So would you say that cryotherapy is the three minutes that will help kickstart everything else? Because the benefits seem very holistic, like it's a whole body experience, adjustment, adaptation, whatever you want to call it. Would you say that that is enough or do you think it's paired well with something else? What would you say? So I, I do think is that it is enough. Um, it is enough to get somebody kickstarted on that journey. I've, I've seen it happen uh, hundreds. I mean, literally hundreds of people I've seen that happen with, you know, they um, uh, maybe a spouse or a friend or they came in with, you know, part of a soccer team or something. And it was their first time doing cryotherapy. They had never done it before. Um, they come in just because somebody had kind of recruited them to, to come in with them and they do a session. And before you know it, um, they kind of look around and say, man, I feel great. I want to do that again. And so they come back for a second time. And before you know it on their fourth or fifth visit, they're doing compression therapy in conjunction with cryo. And before you know it, a month goes by, they're doing red light therapy and they're doing infrared saunas. And now they're talking to a trainer about, you know, maybe getting a, a workout in or a gym session. And um, they're walking inside of the center. They're having positive conversations. They're feeling great. Um, so I have seen that literally um, hundreds and hundreds of guests that have walked in our doors. I've seen that story so many times play out and it truly is. It can be a catalyst to getting you on that healthy lifestyle journey. Now, as I'm getting older, Kyle, I know we're both in our thirties currently, so we may or may not have experienced this, but I found that recovery has become more and more important. I can't tell you how much I would beat my body up physically, mentally, being a teenager, wake up and simply do it again. There is this case of sleep was enough when I was younger. I didn't really stretch all that much. And I was stupidly active to the point where I would struggle to walk sometimes, wake up and I'd feel fine. And I think I was invincible and I'd just go out and do it again. As soon as I turned 30, my legs started having a bit of a conversation with me saying you really don't want to do this you you need <laughs> you need to just stay home and you will feel better the next day just take a day is what it was kept telling me just take a day that's all you need and it's making me think that if I could recover quicker if people out there could recover from stress quicker whether it's physical mental you name it stress over time seems to be the thing that people need to learn how to 
overcome and manage and recover from. And I think the whole world would be so much better if we were able to recover quicker, as if we were teenagers again, Kyle. That's the image I'm picturing. Turn the clock yeah. back is what I'm hoping for. Is that yeah. possible? Do you think that that's a thing that we can actually do? Because I'm aware that cold therapy can help in terms of endorphins and hormones and things, but is it really that basic? Is it really that helpful? So I think it is impactful on so many of those levels. You know, the one of the main things that I try to stress about people is, you know, your body is under constant stress every single day, um, regardless of what you come in contact with or what you do from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. Um, we're putting stressors on our body. We're activating a lot of stressors. And so, you know, if there are things that we can do to combat that, you know, and to slow the aging process down, right, we can't we can't reverse the aging process to date. Um, hopefully sometime in the future we can do that, but we can slow that process down. Now, slowing that process down means we speed up the recovery time, like you said. So at the end of the day, the goal should always be to speed up the recovery time. Um, I'll never forget when cryotherapy first hit the United States, uh, Nike did a project with Olympic athletes and they were having Olympic athletes do cryotherapy during uh, their training sessions. And a lot of the Olympic athletes talked about how they were performing so much better on on in practices, right? Because they practice day in and day out. They were performing so much better in their day-to-day -day practices because of their recovery time was so much faster. So you have uh, athletes in, in the United States that were using cryotherapy and some that weren't. And there was a lot of reporting cases around, you know, the athletes that were using cryotherapy, um, they felt better. They, they felt more energized for the race. They um, they were more prepped. Their body was more prepped. They were more mentally uh, capable and and recovered to to you know tackle that race than the than the person that didn't do cryotherapy. And so you know from a overall enhancement perspective, uh, cryotherapy truly can be massively impactful in what you're doing in in any kind of a sport or in daily activity. Um, it's funny. I was I, I always get the comment of, well, Kyle, I'm not an athlete. I'm not in a sport. I don't I don't play sports and um, you know, so, so what is this going to do for me? And I said, uh, I said, do you work out? And they say, oh, you know, I, I'm speaking of one, one female that I was speaking to it at one point in time about this. And she said, no, Kyle, I'm a mom of four, you know, I'm so busy. I'm working a day job. Um, you know, I, I just don't have time to go to the gym and I'm not an athlete. And I said, you're a mom of four. I said, how old is your youngest? She said two. I said, so I'm assuming you pick up your two-year-old, you know, I don't know what, 40, 50, 60 times a day. And she said, yeah. And I said, so basically you're doing deadlifts all day long, right? And she she kind of laughed. And I said, you you are exercising. You are, you are doing some form of a workout. You are putting your body under stressors just like anybody else. So whether you're in the gym doing a physical bench press or you're a stay-at-home mom and you're dealing with kids and picking up pots and pans and uh, I mean, there are so many different things in the day, regardless of who you are, that we stress the body out. So if there are things that we can do like cryotherapy to speed up that recovery time and slow down that aging process, overall, it's going to be a massive benefit in your long-term health. That's an interesting parallel to being an athlete, isn't it? Having an active lifestyle, things that you might not necessarily think you know, is exercise, but it is a workout. You are still stressing your body. You are still lifting something. And it's very often they're the things that we overlook. 
they're the things that we don't necessarily think about and even mental like if you're sat at a desk for eight hours a day that can be mentally draining to the point where you might need something also for your mental health so maybe it's worth segueing across a little bit to the mental health aspect just for the, the purpose of this recording this interview how does it benefit mental health how does it actually help mentally yeah so that that's what really caught my attention early on when i started to do research about cryotherapy you know everybody talks about the physical benefits of these services and they aren't really paying attention to the mental benefits benefits of these services so you know i talked about earlier how there's a good amount of endorphin serotonin merit uh, melatonin um, there are a lot of things in the body uh, that are being you know excreted um, through this process and sometimes your body maybe is is harnessing onto that maybe the reason why you don't have a good mood during the day is because you don't have enough serotonin being released through the day um, maybe there's a reason why you're not sleeping well enough because your body's not releasing melatonin like it should or at the specific levels that it should and so it could really come down to just a true you know, you could call it a chemical imbalance of sorts. And so I've always, I've always explained to people when you put your body in a fight or flight mode, um, when you start to activate that central nervous system and you start to activate things inside the body uh, that way, um, it's going to unlock the things that your body is harnessing. Um, sometimes our body is just not functioning like it should for many reasons, right? There's a million reasons why your body is not functioning like the, the, the person next to you. Now, some of those things can be very basic, right? Some of them can be related to the things that we're eating and drinking. Uh, some can be related to prescription medications that we're on. Um, some can be, you know, nutritional deficiencies in, in vitamin supplementation, whatever it may be. But I've always told people cryotherapy is basically a shock to the system. Uh, cryotherapy can basically help unlock some of the things that your body is just harnessing onto. And so from an internal perspective, that's truly what is happening. Your body is unlocking certain things to release in the body to help you function like you like the human body is intended to. So, you know, you talk you talk about things like serotonin being released. Um, that's that's where you get your mood enhancement from. That's where you get, you know, uh, mental clarity, positive thinking, better attitude. So. If you think about that in the real world, if you think about what is having a positive attitude, uh, a good mood relate to in the, in, in the world we live in today, I don't I always tell people the easiest way for me not to hang out with you is to be a negative person. So I, I don't think anybody says, hey, I want to hang out with a bunch of negative people today. So when you talk about, you know, what can cryotherapy do for me in my, in my daily activity from an internal perspective, from a mental capacity, it, it really drills into common things like that. Um, you know, uh, mood enhancement from a serotonin release um, puts you in a better mood, right? It makes you a person that people want to be around. It makes you smile, makes you laugh, makes you happy. Um, it just provides a different world um, for, for you to live in from a mental capacity perspective. Um, I've always been very big on sleep. Um, you know, we sleep 30% of our lives that we are alive. Um, so at the end of the day, sleep is extremely important. Um, you know, a good six-ish hours of sleep, you know, some some say eight, some say seven. Uh, the science is kind of all over the place. But let's say, you know, six to eight hours of sleep every night is, is what we're uh, what we're supposed to get to get true recovery. If we're not getting that sleep, it's doing an effect from the mental aspect and uh, essentially the physical aspect of our body isn't functioning properly. So releasing that melatonin properly, allowing the body to get in that, 
you know, a sedated state and to actually physically be pushed into REM sleep to get that deep sleep is very, very crucial for our overall physical health. So a lot of people don't correlate those two together. They think, oh, I'm doing things to be physically healthy. Now I got to do things to be mentally healthy. When they're both connected, your your mental health is directly correlated to your physical health and vice versa. So I've always told people when you think about uh, a modality like cryotherapy, you need to be understanding that the mental rehab and the physical rehab are both just as impactful during that process. I completely agree with that. And I think it's interesting how cryotherapy can help the release of melatonin. It makes me think, is there a prime time to do it? But I think that's probably a question for later on. One of the things that I do actually quite like is there are different benefits to it in that it can feel like it's helping in multiple different ways. And what I would be interested is like some kind of adaptation to the therapy what i'm thinking kyle is do we get better at handling stress the more we have cryotherapy the human body doesn't sit as at at a standstill right it's not stagnant it's always adapting it's always either improving or, or going the opposite way right um it's never at a stagnant place i always tell people you're either doing things in your day to hurt the body or help the body there's never a point where it just stays and it plateaus. It's the body is always evolving and adapt and adapting. And so, you know, at the end of the day, when you talk about doing a treatment like cryotherapy, that is one of many things that is pushing your body in a positive direction, right? There are so many other things that we should be doing. It shouldn't just be one specific modality or one tactic during the day that we're doing to help our body become better and function better. Um, and I love what you said earlier, uh, just a minute ago, I believe you referred to you know, uh, the body working kind of as one in a way, I think you kind of alluded to that. And I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer in the body works systemically. It works as one unit, right? The, the arm doesn't function by itself. The arm functions with the rest of the body. The leg doesn't function by itself. It functions with the rest of the body. So I'm a big believer in doing whole body treatments. Um, I'm not really big on localized treatment. So, you know, you have localized cryotherapy where you can treat an elbow or an wrist or a shoulder. Um, I'm a big believer in the body works systemically from the inside out to heal. It doesn't work from the outside in. And so by doing that, you have to understand that whole body treatments activates your system systemically to work together. So if you were to walk into a, you know, if you were to walk into an eye cryo location today and a guest were to say, Hey, I'm really, you know, I'm, I heard this helps with pain. Um, I got a lot of knee pain. You know, I was playing soccer last week and kind of bummed up my knee. I've heard about local cryotherapy. I've heard about whole body cryotherapy. Which one should I be doing? I'm always going to point them to whole body cryotherapy. 10 times out of 10, that treatment is going to work better for you than a localized treatment because it's activating the entire body to work as one unit. Um, And that's one thing I've always stressed on people. And we became such a, a believing company in that if you look at the science of how the body works systemically it makes sense it makes complete sense and so at the end of the day we've actually removed localized cryotherapy from our business model um, from a from a localized perspective now we do some some localized pain soothing type treatments now Um, they're a little bit different than localized cryotherapy but um, at the end of the day that whole body cryotherapy session is going to activate the entire body to work as one unit and to heal as one unit which is what our bodies are intended to do 
is there a best time to do this? There are so many benefits. There are so many things that we can use cryotherapy for. Is there a best time to do it? Or am I just trying to get too specific and it doesn't necessarily matter when you do this? No, I, I love the question, Michael. I mean, at the end of the day, there there definitely is a preferred time to do cryotherapy. And it's it's not a general rule of thumb. It, it is definitely a, a person-by-person basis. So we talked about it at the beginning of the interview, you know, the it's going to activate that parasympathetic nervous system to kind of calm you down or that sympathetic nervous system to kind of wake you up. Um, now, when you do a cryotherapy session, you're going to experience one of those two. Uh, if you're experiencing the, you know, the the calm down, the it kind of makes you relaxed and and it puts you in a euphoric feeling and kind of makes you a little tired. Well, you probably want to do cryotherapy towards the end of your day. Uh, the last thing you want to do is do cryo at the beginning of the day and it makes you tired all day. Um, and then some people experience, you know, the energy side of things, a big endorphin release and. Um, you know, it kind of peps them up. It it may be a replacement for their morning coffee. And so, um, you know, if you are that person, if you do a cryotherapy session and it really gives you a ton of energy, that's something you would probably want to do at the beginning or the middle of your day. So it really is a, a case by case basis. Everybody does respond a little bit differently to cryo. And so I've always been a big proponent of, you know, do do a session or two or three, figure out how your body responds to that. And then that's how you would tailor it to your day. Um, you know, so I'm 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 one of those people that uh, definitely puts to sleep um, after I do a cryotherapy session. I definitely feel tired and I feel relaxed and um, I'm definitely not energetic. And so I usually do cryotherapy towards the end of my day. That's a very, very good point in using the results to guide when to do it. As you say, I mean, I, I'd, ha- I'd hate to be out and rush hour traffic after a cryotherapy session. If it almost puts me to sleep, you probably encourage them to take the bus or I'll get the train. Uh, so I think it's it is a good a good analogy to use is to try it, see what the response is, and then use that to guide when you do it. Well Kyle, it's been great. I've enjoyed having this conversation with you. I think it's been really fun and informative as well. So if those want to get involved, learn more about iCryo, also connect with you, how can they do that? Yes, we have several ways to reach out. We're very active on the social media community. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, iCryo, I-C-R-Y-O. Um, very active on LinkedIn, YouTube, all the social channels. Uh, we try to keep the brand out there as much as possible. I would say if most people go to our website, iCryo.com, I-C-R-Y-O.com. You can find out about franchise opportunities. If you're interested in being a business owner and owning an iCryo location, you can find out about all the modalities and services that we offer. We offer tons of literature on the services too. And then we do have a ton of people inquire through the website and ask questions. So uh, we're always here to, to answer and help and, and keep pushing this uh, community forward. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others, and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Kyle, it's been great, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. Thank you, Michael.